I'm back for the first time since the Andrew Clyde interview. I'm back on the airwaves. Thank you guys for sticking with me there. Um, if you are in our world, you probably know that I went to ICAST and then came down with the COVID-19. So that's my first go round with it. Um, and I'll just tell you, M and I both have it. M M's getting over it now. Um, I'm fully over it. The only real symptom I had was a sore throat. So I know this thing manifests different with every person, but I had a terrible sore throat and I could not talk. Like I just had no voice. So even after I was feeling better, I couldn't talk. Like I sounded awful. Um, so you guys all got a reprieve from me talking last week. What we're going to do this week is I've got five quick hit items I'm going to talk through. Um, I'll go pretty quick. I'm not going to bore you, not going to belabor anything. But usually every year we do a post iCast show. Um, and this year we whiffed on that entirely. Oh, I should tell you before I go any further, this episode is brought to you by our good buddy Fletcher Hallett, Hallett Insurance, 904-315-5812. F Hallett at HallettInns.com, double the L's, double the T's. Um, reach out to Fletcher. Specifically, we want to talk about business insurance. Like <clears throat> a lot of folks out there that own their own small business, give Fletcher a call. Let him look at your policy. Let him review your policy. Let him see what he can do for you guys. He's done wonders for us over the years with so many insurance policies. Reach out to him. Give him a shout. He's one of our guys. He's been our biggest sponsor for years and years and years. So um, Fletcher Hallett, Hallett Insurance, 904-315-5812. If you don't want to talk on the phone, you can text him. And if you want to just text him and talk about duck hunting and stuff like that, he's always open for that as well. He's pretty available to talk about that really all the time. Sorry if his boss is listening. Um, okay, iCast. So every year we go to iCast, we try to do you know a podcast where we review some stuff that we saw there, talk about everything that we we encountered and saw and like the whole week experience. And I'm going to be honest with you, iCast this year um, from a product standpoint was a letdown. Like there just wasn't anything there. If you listen to us for any length of time, you know that I'm a gadgety guy. So we'll get on here after iCast. And it'll be me and Nate and Emily who are usually on the podcast with me. And I will, uh, I'll tell them what I found. And I'm always in for like someone that's using technology to do something creative, something different, something disruptive in the space, whether that product is going to make it or not, not my, I'm, that's not my forte. So last year, I can't remember the name of the product, but it was, um, it were these glasses you put on and it like overlaid a map with what you could visually see. So you could see like depth readings and things through your sunglasses that you were wearing, like augmented reality. I thought that's pretty cool, man. I'm not saying I would wear it. I'm not sure where the line is on that, but I thought that's pretty cool technology. Um, and I think that's disruptive. Most of what I saw this year was brands that we were already familiar with releasing, you know, a lure in a different color or a different size reel or, uh, Baheo and Costa releasing, you know, a different frame of sunglass combination, lens combinations. There was no real innovation that I saw wandering around. The one thing I did see that was kind of cool, and I don't remember the name of it, I took some pictures of it, but they've started integrating tables into coolers. And I think this is really neat. Um, I First off, they're always the roto-molded type coolers. 
So those things weigh like a billion pounds before you like attach a table to it. But the way they would work is like you would open it up and then modularly the tabletop would fold out and the legs would fold down. So then you had a work surface next to the ice chest. Um, one of them actually had a vacuum sealer, like a portable vacuum sealer that went inside the ice chest. That's pretty neat. Um, I just don't see, I don't see where I would use that, man. I just, I, in, in my functioning in the outdoors, I don't see any scenario where I'm like, God, I wish I had the cooler with the table built in. I do think it would be neat on like a Springs run when we go do those in the summer. But I also think it would just weigh so freaking much that a folding table and some smaller ice chests work just as good. So I'm not sure it was solving a problem that had to be solved. And yeah, I mean, but I, I thought that was the probably the most creative thing I saw wandering around there. Um, you saw lots of familiar brands. There's an arms race in the fishing industry between holding companies, really to assimilate everything under their brands. So we all have this dream, you know, of starting a lure company or starting a rod company or starting a real company. But at the end of the day, they're probably going to get bought by a pure fishing or a, a what is it, GMP, GMG. There's, there's these overarching holding companies that buy up these brands and then put them all under the umbrella so that then they have a hook company and a lure company and a line company and a net company and a real company and a rod company and a, a apparel company. So I think we'll continue to see that kind of stuff. Consolidation. It's not really the mom and pop shops that we used to see. Um, but the one thing that iCast is always great for is networking and um, very cool to be able to roam around a show that size and it feels so intimate and small because you know so many of the people. Um, we were able to take some folks with us this year. I know that Stacy Whittem went with Delta Waterfowl, so um, this was her first year going there and I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful Delta will have a bigger presence there next year because it's always cool to see, you know, every booth I walk to, people want to talk about duck hunting. So it's it's always fun for me you know, during duck season, we want to sit around the campfire and talk about fishing. And during fishing season, when we get together, we want to talk about duck hunting. That's that's kind of how outdoorsmen are in general, right? Um, if you're a duck hunter, I will tell you there's a little bit of a turkey hunting infiltration into the fishing world, too. Like, like there's quite a few turkey hunters around there if you look close enough. But um, it's just, it's always a good time to see everybody roam around. Um, it, it seemed like a less busy event this year. And what I mean by that was it was well attended. I felt like there were more people at ICAST than there were in years past, but I felt like it was less busy. Like um, most people had more time to kind of breathe and talk. There was less urgency, uh, at least in the conversations I was seeing. Maybe I've grown, maybe I've changed on that. Um, but it just, it, it felt like a little bit different show from that. ASA, American Sport Fish Association, does an incredible job with ICAST every year. Um, that's the, the, the fishing industry that puts it on and, um, they just do a phenomenal job with it. So it's a good show. Um, it was a great show. I enjoyed roaming around. I, I think maybe I looked at less than 20% of the booths. I'd be shocked if I looked at that much. Um, so, but the, the, you know, the folks are with, they went to a lot of booths. I know Stacy was able to go talk to some about potential partnership deals with Delta and banquets in Florida and everything else. But, um, you know, I was really there for the networking aspect. So 
super cool. Um, some neat people I got to see uh, were our good friends, Christina and Mariah, who do um, Behind Fishing Lines podcasts. Um, God, I love Christina with the Fire of a Thousand Suns. I love her like a little sister. And I've not seen her in so long. And so when she texted me where she was, I went running across the show floor to find her. And then Mariah came up. And so I got to give both of them big hugs. I got to meet Christina's boyfriend, Andy. And um, we got to talk about duck hunting, obviously. Uh, but that was super cool. And then I was walking back across the show floor and um, I passed a, 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 a blonde young lady. And I was like, she looked really familiar to me. And it was Steph Polito, who... Steph, if you guys don't know, this is Joe Polito's wife. Um, Steph designed both the Cast and Blast Florida logo and she designed the All Florida logo. So she's been like our logo designer for five years now. And she's just next level awesome cool. Like she just, you meet her and you're like, wow, I want to just hang around her because she's just, she's so chill. She's so down to earth. She's so fun. Uh, And her and Joe are just awesome people. Anyway, Steph was there. She is the designer for Flow Motion, which is really more of a surfing brand, but they had a booth booth at iCast, and it was cool to see her give her a hug. Um, I got to meet Rochelle Schrute, who is um, the new Nicole Qualtieri. We, we interviewed Nicole a couple years ago from Gear Junkie on the podcast. Um, she recently stepped down from Gear Junkie, and she's been replaced by Rochelle. And uh, I know Rochelle's through social media for a little while, but it was really nice to finally meet her in person. Got to see Mike Elfin buying, got to spend time with my buddy Chad Richard, got to see Mike Martin, the official photographer of everything we do. Got to see all of our friends from uh, FWC, got to see Raymond Iglesias from Roland Martins Marina. I mean, it was just uh, Bill Cooksey from National Wildlife Federation, Vanishing Paradise was there. Just always awesome to go and you get into all these pickup conversations and you wander around and you meander and gander. So super cool. I am going to stop here really quick to tell you that while we were at ICAST, uh, FWC scheduled the aquatic plant management tag, the technical advisory group. Um, the same week we were at ICAST, it was brilliantly thought out and also terribly thought out. And I'll explain that it was brilliantly thought out because I think the logic was hey, everyone's going to be in Orlando anyway for iCast. Why don't we just have them all get together and we'll do the tag on Lake Apopka? Terribly thought out because we were all going to be in Orlando for iCast and had things that we wanted to focus on with iCast. So I texted um, FWC staff and told them, you know, I could give you one day. I can't give up two days out of the, the, really iCast is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's really three days that you get to be there. I go to a thing on Tuesday night, but really it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I gave up Thursday and went to the tag meeting. Um, and I was glad I did. I feel like, I feel like Lake Apopka is a hard lake to discuss within the context of our state because I feel like it is such a success story to see it coming back the way it has. Um, we've spent a bunch of time talking about it ad nauseum over the years or over this year regarding the spray plan and what the agency wants to do with that. You guys know I'm not anti-spraying. I think spraying is a very nuanced conversation. I am, I am pro Florida. I am pro, pro hunting, pro fishing, pro outdoor recreation, pro ecology. I think we have good science on spraying, but I think on a popka we're letting maybe the budget drive some of the decisions that we're making on that lake 
and I'm pretty uncomfortable with where we're at on that lake moving forward and where that lake is historically and ultimately with the trust between the agency and stakeholders. And so that was kind of some of my comments in the tag that day. Um, there were only a couple of stakeholders there. I think I was the only person in the room without a biology degree. Um, and there were eight state agencies, seven state agencies represented between water management districts and Department of Health and FDACs and FWC and the Corps. And, uh, there were a bunch of folks in the room. So I won't say it wasn't an unproductive day. Um, I just felt a little bit like I got beat up that day. Um, but that's part of why we do what we do. We've said it before. Conservation isn't convenient. And we're going to keep showing up and fighting hard for our state. And I love FWC. Uh, I think they know I'm on their team. We are on their team. But um, that was a that was one that I was proud that we showed up for, even though it took us a day for, away from ICAST. You know, there's other stakeholders that could not be there. And I understand that and respect that, particularly when your career is tied to the fishing industry. Um, but also there were some other stakeholders that have a whole lot of staff that I felt like could have maybe made the effort to show up to the tag meeting. And we, we say this stuff's important. Well, let's put the effort into it when it's important and, and, and show up and, and get on the team or shut our mouths and quit kind of complaining about this stuff. That is my ICAST recap in its entirety. Like there's nothing else coming on that. I may, I may actually call and get some other folks to like weigh in on ICAST, like what they thought of it. Cause I know for a lot of folks, it was their first one. Um, but for, for me, for us, for this, like, I just don't have the product stuff that I'm like, Oh, you guys, this new hat from Avid is incredible. Or the new trolling motor from PowerPole, which has never been announced, um, is incredible. Like I was just hoping there would be something gadgety, cool, gizmo-y, um, like that. Uh, HR eight, one, six, seven. So the last podcast we did, we picked up a whole bunch of new listeners, um, and people are like, well, what are you going to do now that you have all those new listeners? And I said, I'm going to do the same thing we've always done because why on earth would we change what we're doing just because we got new listeners? So if you stuck around, great. Thanks. We're glad to have you here. Um, we, <laughs> but if you didn't great, thanks for jumping in and listening that one week. I think the most telling thing is we did not pick up any new reviews that week, even though that podcast received, you know, 10 times the download that we usually receive. Super interesting to, to watch that stuff unfold. Um, I was proud of that podcast. We were at the time the only um, hunting, fishing media outlet that had a conversation with Congressman Clyde. You guys know me. I'm not a journalist. Like it is not my, my hope in doing all the things we do is to make Florida better. So I believe there's a slant in how to make Florida better. I have an agenda, if, if you will. But I also think if someone wants to come on and have a conversation about their ideals and it gets into this world, I've never been opposed to that. However, I have been opposed to it if I think it's going to be argumentative, if it's going to make both sides look really bad, if it's not going to move the needle forward. So the interview with Congressman Clyde, I really wanted to take the tact of asking him the questions, um, pushing back respectfully where I can, but also recognizing we have the sitting congressman of a sponsored piece of a legislation that's probably the most dangerous conservation legislation proposed in recent memory. And 
how we handle that has to be done appropriately. And so I was really proud of how the interview came out. Um, we've received, you know, nothing but, uh, but accolades and praise for it. And I say we, because yeah, I did the interview, but everything we do at cast and blast at all Florida is a community. Like there is no, there is no, Oh, Travis did that. Like I get to do some of this stuff because I have the flexibility to do some of the stuff because of our Patreons or because of our donors or because of people buying merchandise or people booking duck hunts or whatever. Like it takes a village. It takes a community to make this stuff happen. So we are not done with HR eight, one, six, seven. Um, in fact, I'll let you guys in on a secret. What we're working on right now is a sign on letter behind the scenes that we're going to send to the Florida delegation asking that they remove their names as sponsors, uh, pressure, to the current co-sponsors has caused seven to drop off. Um, Congressman uh, Rutherford actually dropped off from Florida and I I was really grateful to him and his staff. They reached out and uh, appreciated that. I'll say we, the conservation community, the sportsman's conservation community pushed back so appropriately and so quickly because I think maybe this got misrepresented to them in some way. So um, I am still hopeful that we can kind of coil this thing, quote this thing, make it so that you heard the congressman on our podcast say this is his landmark legislation. This is not something that was a reaction. This is a thing that he has desired to do. Well, I want to make it abundantly clear as sportsmen, we are not okay with that. And if a, if a, uh, me, Travis, I'm a single issue voter from conservation. Like I weigh things through the lens of conservation and some days that's environmental. Some days it's hunting. Some days it's guns. Some days it's, it's just straight up development or anti-development. Like I weigh things through that lens more than anything else. Just in, I'm not knocking anybody that is not that. Um, that's just how I kind of view politics is through that lens. This bill is not acceptable to me. And if you have your name on it as a co-sponsor, you're not acceptable to me. I don't really care what else you stand for. It's not acceptable. So I'm going to continue to push back. I'm going to, we're going to continue to, to, try to rally the troops in pushing back against this and say to our elected officials, this is not an acceptable political volleyball. Like this is not okay that you're doing this and it's not okay that you have a disconnectedness from the sportsmen's and the conservation community in our state and in our country to where you continue to push this. So um, I should say thank you to Howl, uh, Howl, Howl for Wildlife, Howl.org has had me on their podcast. Um, I was able to be on there with people way smarter than me. Uh, Mark Oliva from National Shooting Sports Foundation was on there. Um, the How guys are brilliant. So it's it, this has opened some doors where I've been able to go and, and talk more about conservation. But hopefully at the end of the day, what we're shining a light on is some of the struggles that we face in Florida, particularly with sportsmen and conservation, but with conservation in general in Florida, and some of the risks that bills like HR 8167 put on us down here in this state. Uh, something else that's been circulating around is I wrote a column, a, a I guess it was a column, I don't know, I, an article, an opinion piece, an op-ed for the NRA's Voices of Leadership panel that published this past week. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Um, And I kind of tackle some of these issues with conservation funding in Florida and who's driving the conservation bus 
and reading between the lines, like there's an overt, there's an overt lean one way party wise among Florida sportsmen in that we, we kind of, I think believe misguidedly that the Republican party is going to have our back and support the things that we want to do. And it's just not true anymore. It's just not true anymore. And I'm saying that I've said this repeatedly on the podcast. I am a registered Republican. Florida has closed primaries. You have to be registered one party or the other to vote in the primaries. I'm a registered Republican. I lean Republican on most stuff. Like I'm, I'm fairly conservative in my, in my, like my mindset and my views. But at the end of the day, I'm also okay calling it what it is. And the Republican party seems to have discounted hunters specifically on the landscape in Florida. And when you look at the way conservation works in our state, when you look at the movement of conservation in our state, when you look at the shift from consumptive use to mutualistic use, um, away from utilitarian use and into mutualistic use, I think that has all unfolded with elected officials that we would all say, oh, they have our backs as hunters and fishers. And I don't think that's true. And I, I think you can look at an overwhelming mountain of data and evidence that says I'm right. So um, I just think that's a conversation that's going to be awkward. It's going to require some navigating to get through. I'm not, I'm not saying to burn down, you know, the, the mountain or anything. I'm just saying this is a hard conversation that we need to be aware of and having as we move forward. And um, it gets very unpopular because how dare you say something against, you know, any elected official anytime ever. And I'm just going to be okay with us playing in that space and, and kind of just saying what's true. Um, and what I just said is true. So we, we can back it up and we can support it. Thank you to Delta waterfowl. Um, last week they had their first ever Delta waterfowl outdoor, or, uh, waterfowl expo in little rock, Arkansas. I was supposed to go to that before the vid raised its ugly head. And uh, I was awarded the Conservation Legacy Award. So super cool. Like, first off, I'm blown away. Like, that's I'm really proud of that. That's that's a pretty big deal when a national organization recognizes the work that you guys have done. And when I say you guys have done, I mean that truly because Travis doesn't win that award for going to commission meetings and saying, hey, we shouldn't do restricted hunting areas. Travis doesn't win that award for going to like management plans and saying, Hey, we need more honey metrics in there or going to spray meetings or pushing back on Lake Apopka. We win that award because we show up in mass and with an informed group. And so to every one of those people out there that has called into a commission meeting back when we had zoom phone calls or they drove across the state. I mean, I mentioned Fletcher Hallett a minute ago, that guy drove from Jacksonville to my house in Polk County. So two and a half, three hours, and then drove another two and a half hours with us the next morning to speak on behalf of restricted hunting areas in Cape Coral. I don't win that award without Fletcher showing up. I don't win that award without Mark Mason, without Trevor Dunlap, without Adam Steele, Scott Pinka, like so many groups out there, so many guys out there that are willing to put in the work. So I'm not paying lip service when I say that is a team award because it truly is a team award. What we get done in Florida, we get done together. It takes way more than one person. It takes way more than one group. It's going to take all of us pulling in the same direction, pushing hard, working together, 
So I, I am really proud of it. Um, I, super proud of it, blown away. But I'm really proud of it on our behalf because I think that is a thing that doesn't happen without the team, without all of us pulling in the same direction, working hard. And I think um, what a big deal that Florida gets recognized by this national organization. And they say, hey, there's some cool stuff happening in Florida. There's some cool advocacy happening in Florida. And this group down there, these people down there are serious about what they're doing. Um, that just meant a lot. And so, I'm, like I said, I'm proud of the award. A lot of people ask me about thank you so much for all the emails, the well wishes, the shares, the likes, the comments, everything else. I, I, I read everyone. And I appreciate everyone. But also um, thank you because none of this happens without any of you guys. That is pretty much everything I have. All Florida is it's it's there if you want to go sign up to become a member. We have All Florida, which is our nonprofit aimed at Florida conservation. Um. One of the things we've been talking about behind the scenes is rolling out communications, rolling out how we're gonna how we're gonna kind of promote this thing, recruiting new members, the whole nine yards, um, and we've got some really exciting stuff on that. But one of the things I've been thinking about and writing about is seeing the whole board. You know, there's lots of organizations out there that we are members of, that we support, that we are fans of. Um, I've talked about CCA at length on this podcast. Like I am a CCA guy. I, I believe CCA does fisheries better than anyone else. CCA Florida. I have no idea about CCA any other state, but CCA Florida does fisheries better than anyone else. They always show up. They're always informed. They're in the room where the where the rules get written, but they're also there as advocates long after the fact. So I admire the heck out of them. But CCA is not going to weigh in on bears. CCA is not going to weigh in on freshwater fish. CCA is not going to weigh in really on water quality a whole lot. Like they're going to stay in their lane with saltwater fish. And then if you flip around, you can have groups like like Delta. Delta, obviously, I'm a huge fan of. Delta is going to weigh in on waterfowl. They're going to weigh in on duck science. They're going to weigh in on sportsman's advocacy with regards to duck hunting. But they can't weigh in on the connections between how we manage Again, bears versus how we manage Jewfish or the the correlations between game management and fisheries management or the hypocrisies or the differences in how we do that stuff. So one of the things that I'm really adamant about with All Florida is being able to see the whole board. If we can't keep an eye on the whole board, we're only focused on one piece and we will lose the game. And when I say we, I mean the state of Florida, the stakeholders of Florida. So our commitment is that we want to be focused on way more than just one specific avenue. It's why we don't label ourselves as a sportsman's organization. We're very passionate about looking at the whole board, keeping an eye on the whole game. And we have so many talented people in our world, and we already have so many talented members that we want to kind of turn loose and um, unleash so that we're able to do this just at, a, at a, a wider scale and continue to grow that. And I think you guys are going to be really proud of the work that we're doing. Um, and hopefully you'll be proud to say, hey, I'm an all Florida member and I believe in this thing with everything I got. Putting a bow on this episode, we have rice going in the ground. So I am so excited. Next month we get to hunt ducks. Like so many of you have come to this podcast over the year and said, you know, I never duck hunted before I listened to this. You guys have infected me with that. It's one of the proudest things that I have in my life is that I can cost so many people so much money um, that they're spending on duck hunting paraphernalia in their lives. So we have rice going in the ground. We have millet planted. Like we are excited about duck season. We've made some improvements to some properties. 
Um, we're looking at moving water around. Like it's going to be an exciting season or, well, no matter what. I said I was going to say it's either going to be great or it's going to be a disaster. It's not going to be anywhere in between. Reality, it's probably going to be exactly in between. But also, I'm just really excited about it because there's something about duck season. You know, so many people told us last year on our um, private land hunts that we do with Matt Pierce that Harry helps Harry Huff helps me out with. So many people were like, man, this was way more than a duck hunt. Like, this is way more of an experience than I imagined it to be. And there is nothing that makes us happier than hearing those words. Because, yes, we want everyone to come out and just stack ducks up and see ducks like they've never seen. But I've been doing this longer. I guess I've been doing duck hunts longer than anybody in Florida has been doing duck hunts. As far as, like, guiding. Like, like people paying me to hunt ducks. And something I've realized is I've had clients come back to the ramp without a duck and had run through, you know, two boxes of shells and never took a passing shot. Everything they shot at was in the decoys. Like we did everything exactly right. And the experience had nothing to do with the ducks. We brought home. The experience had everything to do with the experience with being out in wild Florida with the, the other wildlife we saw with interacting with the ducks. Like we did with, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but seeing eagles and seeing hawks and seeing wading birds and alligators and otters. And it's just unique watching the sunrise over cypress trees, over, over cows, over whatever. Like there's way more to this experience than just the stack of ducks. So our goal is obviously we're planning, we're moving water, we're managing to hopefully accommodate the best duck hunts we can possibly have. But at the same time, what we want are more people that come out with us this year and say the same things that we heard so many times last year. Wow, this is about way more than the duck hunt. This is a special experience. This is a special place. Um, this is incredible. We can't believe we got to do this. So um, it's our goal. It's what we work for. We talk about it all off season, and we're excited that that's going to get to start happening again next month. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you if you are... Uh, uh, new to the podcast and checking us out please leave us a review five stars preferably hopefully next week we will have emily and nate back my my two co-hosts my wife and um, my pasuedo kid brother um, congratulations to nate's little brother matt um, official law student of the show now probably gonna bill me for saying that but uh, Matt is getting married to the lovely Kylie this weekend. So really excited about that. Uh, they're going to be in town. So we won't get to record a podcast together because pff, what a bunch of party poopers. They won't let me bring record, podcast recording equipment to the wedding and or reception, which I think is among one of the lamest things I've ever heard. But also, um, I guess that's understandable. Anyway, really excited uh, that they're tying the knot. So happy for them. They are delightful they are the best i just love them to death so um very excited about that make sure if you guys see matt online you give him a big congratulations um thank you guys again so much for listening and y'all have a great week and stay woke <laughs>